1: When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the different knock podcast episode number thirty one with who am I who are you?
0: I am Alexander Moneypenny, and you are bradley adams bradley adams Hello, Fuck
1: me yeah 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 I think if someone had said to me before that game what's like a like a, if someone had like if i was like making a joke around like oh yeah. Oh, lol, we'll probably lose like 1 0. A Yang will score an own goal. Um, El Nenny will punch someone in the face. Jacques will, Jacques get, sent will get sent off. <laughs> it's like a joke. It was like a joke.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. And um, personally, I think El- as much as El it's it's more of a push, it's still not acceptable and probably should have been a red card by the letter of the law. Um, seeing as you brought up the Xhaka incident, I didn't, I was in such a bad mood after the final whistle. I didn't watch the Mikel presser. I went and did the washing up with my missus. So, um, we were just having a bit of kind of contention because you were explaining the comments and the way that Mikel was questioned. So if If you would like to give the context and then I can either disagree or agree with you.
1: I think there's uh, people, there. there is going to be a lot of online discourse and there'll be a lot of conversation in the press this week around how Arteta treated Pepe compared to how Arteta treated Xhaka. The difference is, Jeff, Schre- if you watch, if you go and watch, please, I would really encourage everyone to go and watch the Sky interview before they cast their judgment.
0: I've watched, yeah. I've, watched a, a min- yeah. I've watched a minute. I've watched a minute. Watch the whole there.
1: thing. Because uh, I watched the whole thing. He Basically, he gets asked what you know, he 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 immediately and you and you say, Oh, he was using it in other um you were saying before the podcast you said but he was using the Pepe thing in to answer other questions and he answered he answered the first question about Jackie. He said it was a stupid sending off which which turned the game around for us or whatever whatever he said. He he used when he was asked for his assessment of the game, he brought that into the question. Mm-hmm. And then and then Jeff Shree's question was Do you think it you use the word unacceptable? Um would you use the same language? He said, Yes, I would, and actually I'd say it's worse. So if anyone has a kind of if if anyone's gonna, yeah. I understand there's I mean, there's gonna be no sound bites of Mikkel that we can find that that are gonna be like oh yeah he 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 said it's it's a it's a more complicated thing, and I've already seen journalists and people tweeting out um, about uh, the, the, like Amy Lawrence who I massively respect as a journalist and think she's a really brilliant broadcaster, but she's already said that the treatment was different. I don't buy that. He was it was just a different way of questioning.
0: <laughs> but uh, well, but the thing is is it's almost like the the level of um admonishment and anger mate he was fuming go and watch the interview he was go and watch the interview he was fuming he was very vocal about the nicolas pepe incident very very vocal answered several questions by specifically stating that you know pepe getting sent off was the thing that threw the game was the was the worst incident was stupid all of this obviously because it's um like you say it's a second incident in the space of two weeks or maybe two three weeks so they're not going to ask the same questions in the same way so yeah you're going to get different almost style of answers in that like like you say was it i think it was jeff shreves wasn't it ask the question you said the last one was acceptable would you shoot, would you use that same language I just think that there was a different level of um anger or palp from what I saw, from what I saw, and okay, I I could be completely wrong, but from what i I saw and from what I've seen from a lot of people on Twitter who have watched what you watched, there seems to be that there was a and I will watch this later and then we can talk about it on the next pod, and I will bring it back up and I'll say whether I agree with you or whether I disagree with you, because at the end of the day I can't say you're wrong because I've not fucking watched it, have I? But there just seems to be at the moment. And you can, and I think one of the issues is, is one of the reasons I think it's such a shame that Xhaka got sent off is because Xhaka dropped an absolute stinker tonight, an absolute stinker. Lost possession seven times, only had 42 accurate passes, uh, no long balls, no key passes, uh, none of this. And if Xhaka doesn't get sent off, Xhaka's obviously available for the next game. If he picks Xhaka after a game like this, look, it, it's, he, which he has been doing, for me, he's finished. I just think that the, you, we've seen players do this before. We, we saw Mohamed Elneny nearly punch someone in the face. The heads have gone. And while I think, I, while I really like Arteta, as a coach, and I think that one day he has the potential to be a very, very good coach. I just don't know, like at the moment, whether this job has not come too soon for him, because he has. He's uh, at the moment. It seems that he has folded under the pressure and has now got one route to do things. And it reminds me of of Wenger on his last legs. It really, really does. Same tactics. Um. But at least with Wenger, we were winning some games
1: because of our attacking talent. Let's let's have the, the slightly more macro conversations after we've been through the game specifically. Yeah, let's go through the game. Um, so I thought the lineup was, and I think I tweeted this out. I said like the lineup. That's a brave lineup, and if this doesn't go right, y- you've got some real questions to be answered. Uh, to be, I think it's to answer. Yeah,
0: it's it's brave for certain reasons. I wouldn't call it a brave lineup because it's like as in
1: just to just to almost. Um no not brave in a good in a good we sense we mean by bra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> brave in a sense of what the fuck are you doing yeah picking picking jacket again picking William again um i really no I, nelson I on was the a, bench no nelson uh, row on the bench okay but it didn't come on so it doesn't make a difference um yeah I, I thought it was a really um negative negative lineup um a really weak lineup and something that i I think it's been clear for weeks now. We needed to change, and the lineup wasn't good enough. Um, we lost. Okay, we lost <laughs> one 0 to Burnley at home for the first uh, the four straight home defeats of the first time since 1959. Mm-hmm. Um, we dominated the game in terms of stats. We we had 64% of possession. We had 83% pass success rate um, t- compared to their 72 and their 35% possession. Obviously. Um we had more shots than them we were had more tackles than them more corners than them we were more on the front foot we are just so disjointed and i thought that first mm-hmm. half we and especially when we came out of the blocks um we looked so nervous we looked so nervous and so disjointed and the team felt very like there was people were running out of position people and we we were we're better than them individually so players were just about getting away with things but we were giving the ball away players weren't passing the ball quick enough it felt, it felt nervous. We came out and we looked nervous.
0: I, uh, but I think it is also, unfortunately, just the symptom of what we've seen because we're not changing anything. So the result isn't going to change. We're playing the same people to carry and pass the ball in midfield. So they're still going to carry the ball and pass the ball slowly. It's the same with Rob Holding. It's the same with Hector Bellerin. It's the same with a lot of these players. There's genuinely about four or five players I'd keep from maybe four players i'd keep from that starting lineup but if you're looking at like we're as much as i understand that obviously you know it's a new game fresh time to give it a go or whatever but it didn't work the last time it hasn't worked the time before that and it wasn't going to work this time we were still going to be too slow out of the gates like we have been for the last six games and it's because we're not changing anything yeah you know, and this is again, like I said, it about the Tottenham result. That the, in my opinion, that defeat rested solely on Mikel Arteta's head because he set up um, perfectly to let Josie Mourinho do what he wanted. And uh, the the same today. I think that the way that we set up, we set up to allow Burnley to do what they do: sit in a low block. Get a set piece, get a corner, hopefully get a goal, and either snatch one point or snatch three points. It's the same things. We're seeing the same mistakes again and again and again, and it's almost like where do you draw the line when it comes to this point? It's even just with the lineups, because you know, even just talking about the lineups, when do you when do you draw draw the line about uh, almost allowing? this to continue. The fact that we are putting out what is carbon copy lineouts, how Cedric hasn't, or Mate nars hasn't started over Bellerin today is a joke. How Nel- Nelson isn't even on the bench is ridiculous. How Xhaka is still in the team is ridiculous. How Willian is still starting is ridiculous. These players are dropping stinkers and they're still going.
1: The first sort of major incident, I thought, was the was the moment with Robbie Brady. Um, I think I, we, we, we appeared to be a bit more kind of... Abamian went over and, and it was a bit of a weird like clash of heads with Tierney sort of hit him in the face. It was a, quite a combative game overall. Um, mm. That was my first... No surprise. Yeah. And that was my first kind of moment of, okay, actually, we're, we we might have some fighters today. I, th- I thought the players overall in that first half and then that first period looked like they were trying, but nervous and... Um. Yeah, I think that incident kind of summed it up. They 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 all swarmed over for quite a storm in a teacuppy sort of situation. Um, and I thought that's how sort of the rest of the half sort of played out. I thought the first half was just very cagey, very low low XG, low low shot chance. There was one moment with Lacazette. I think that was in the first half where he yeah where he um, kicks the fucking uh, again. Yeah. Um. And obviously there was the moment with I think Aubameyang had a shot from really wide, which is the only place he can he can get get a shot for the moment. He he couple of times in the game, I thought he was just really slow in terms of his picking up the ball and, and trying to beat the man and getting a shot off. Um and they went in at half time, came out of the second half. I thought we were much better. Um had a few decent chances and then the Jacker incident. Yeah. I immediately thought it was gonna be a red card. And I and, yeah, the, of course. and the second I think it's the second sky starts showing the V A R little heads up display thing. You just go, okay, this is this is happening. And we've seen it time and time again. What I think the saddest thing about that is it doesn't even feel like... Firstly, we've seen this hundreds of times from Jacka. We've, we've seen this kind of behavior hundreds of times. This kind of, as uh, Andrew from Arseblog put it, a kind of faux tough guy act, which he does. He's a very, this sounds like a really weird thing to say, but he's a very like striking man. He's a very like tall, elegant, quite good looking guy. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, he gets away, and because he's he's called, you know, Granite Jacker and he's in the middle, he's a bit of a I think people get away with it. That man can be brain dead, can really be brain and because he's captain of Switzerland and because he's sort of got a bit of a swagger around him, he he gets away with so much. If that's mm-hmm. a if that's a, if that's a, a young <sighs> A young, I don't know if that's another player. I think we don't give him that benefit that doubt, which we have given Jacker since I mean, when did we get him? Two thousand fifteen. It's yeah, just 2015, stupid. 2015-16 summer. It's absolutely stupid, mate. And and he also when he he it was it was a reaction to his own tackle. That's the stupid part about it. it it's not why well, it's stupid and dangerous. And also he went down. It's not as if as he goes down, he his it's like an immediate reaction that he does goes for the for the um, for the neck. He sort of stands up and then has a think for a second and then goes for the neck. The Pepe thing is like an immediate reaction and I get that. We've all had a scene red in a moment sort of thing. Yeah, 100 is in that situation for a good 5-10 seconds before he grabs that, that person's neck. I I think Arteta said in his press uh, presser afterwards that he thinks it comes out of the desire to win the game, and I I, I sort of understand that. But and, he, and, no, and again, no. he and he's no, but he said it's not excusable. That doesn't make it an excuse. I'm just saying no, but it comes I'm not out saying it is
0: that. an excuse. I'd understand if you're talking about certain players, but I've never seen Granite Xhaka want to win a game. I've never seen... As in, like, I've never seen him drive and drag Arsenal to win a game. He is not that kind of player. It's just because he's a fucking imbecile. Like, was it... It's, the, it's this... How many... How many... Like, was, was his... um when he threw the, the shirt and the armband on the floor yeah. and told the fans to fuck off, was that from a desire to win the game when he's been sent off for ridiculous challenges several times? Well, it's not very a very effective
1: way of winning a game, let's say that.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. But it's not even that very effective. Again, this is what I mean by... This excuse was not rolled out for Nicolas Pepe. No, this excuse no, was no, not, no, no, no. No, I am sorry. I am sorry. But there were no excuses made. There were no, there were no reasons given. There were no, I'm sorry, Alex, but it's true. There were no reasons given. All that was said about the Pepe red card, which I agree with, was that it was stupid and that it lost us the opportunity to win the game, which it did. But he is making an excuse for Granit Xhaka by saying, oh, it's because he really cares. It's because he really wants to win. No, he doesn't give a shit. He is the first player to down tools and drop stinkers when things aren't going well. And he is the last player to be carried when the team is doing well.
1: Firstly, he literally explicitly said it's not an excuse. And secondly, it was in the context of a conversation around El Elneny and Anjaka. the two incidents being quite, okay, a, fair enough. quite a, still. a heated thing. I know what you mean. But I think we just have call to... call it reasoning.
0: Call it reasoning. Call it an excuse. Call it whatever. The same was not doled out in similar circumstances. Whether it was for El Neny too. I do get
1: that. I do get
0: that. I argue. I would arguably say that if you're sending Xhaka off for what he did, you're also sending El Neny off for what he did. It's pretty much the same thing, except from El Neny does it at pace. Yeah. If anything, that's more dangerous because at pace, El Neny could push his hands, hit the guy in the eye, and cause a serious injury. To be
1: honest, I think you the know, ref like... was was being kind to us. On there, on that took, <laughs> took pity, took <laughs> pity, took absolute took op- pity because we'd yeah. already had
0: a man sent off. But what I'm saying is, is, is you're looking at like you're looking at excuses and or, or reasoning or whatever we want to call it. But we're looking at one set of rules for certain players and one set of rules for another players, and this is why you're seeing William Saliba comment on Matteo uh Instagram. About uh, jokes about him being locked up, as well as Gwendozi. Bearing in mind, we've loaned out both Torreira and Gwendozi to play Granite Xhaka.
1: Yeah, I
0: agree. Like this, this is this is this is this is the issue, right? I wouldn't care. If he had this one rule for all, and I've said this in about five podcasts now, if he was consistent with how he acts and with what he says, I'm fine with it. But it's the fact that he flip-flaps all the time, depending on the player. How how, How often would Pepe be allowed to drop a stinker like William? How often would, you know... Miguel Aziz at this point, be able to drop a stinker like Granite Xhaka and still expected to be first name on the team sheet next, next game. Like, and this is obviously we need to stop going off on tangents and actually talk about the game. But I think this is because this is the pressing issue. It is getting to a point now where I'm looking at this and I'm going, the man management isn't there. The tactics aren't there and the squad management isn't there. What is actually there when it comes to Mikel Arteta's ability to lead this team? Because you cannot generally tell me that the Newcastle squad is better than our squad, man for man. And you cannot tell me that there aren't other managers out there that could probably do better.
1: I have a lot to say on that, but let's get get back to the game. Back to the game. Um, So I came out, yeah, as I say, I thought we came out second half. I think we did really well. Had some really nice chances. Saka had a really nice chance. Um... Gabriel was was playing some nice balls from that sort of left side. Uh, I think when we when we chatted about him with uh, JB uh, J. Gunapana mm-hmm. when he was on, we were talking about that, and we, we saw it really well in this game. Is a nice moment where Alva was just offside. Jaka um, has his moment of madness, um, and then sort of I think it's sort of what sort of 10, 15 minutes later, the uh, they get the they get the corner and they and they concede. Listen, uh, we concede. Listen. Burnley are good at that. We knew that, and I and agree it's a it's a really concerning thing that we the the set pieces in, in themselves. I'm not I've not seen we've supposedly got this set piece guy Andreas Georgsson. I think it's difficult because all of this is like part of a conversation around is it the coaches, is it the players? But regardless, we've not seen an uptick in in set piece ability. There was a there was one in the first half where William played it to Bellerin, short corner, and we just lost possession. It was pointless. Um, on Bellerin, by the way, I I don't know what Cedric has to do or Ainsley has to do to get in. Uh, I saw <laughs> there was a tweet from someone which said mm-hmm. we should sell Bellerin to Balenciaga, which I think just sums it up, really. Um, and uh, yeah, so I thought and then for the after the goal, I, th- I think we were clearly trying. We were clearly on top. Um, we got forward. We were, again, just t- the combination's. We weren't central. We were constantly being pushed out wide. Teams know what to do. Stay compact. Push Arsenal out wide. And you'll, you will they won't have any penetration in the middle. They'll have nothing to, to get past you. And it's just, it's getting to a point now where it's kind of a joke. It's kind of a joke that every single game feels like it has the same game state. It feels like it's the same game. we You could copy paste our comments from previous podcasts onto this podcast about lack of creativity, lack of... Ability in the final third, lack of pace on the ball, lack of uh, movement off the ball, um, uh, one tactic uh, just being played out over and over again against a team like Burnley, where you go, they're obviously going to beat us if we're just lumping crosses into the box. I know that wasn't as much what we were doing today, but it's not. We just we just weren't getting the the chances, um, and the ones that we did, we weren't clinical enough, and we're in a really, really, really sticky situation. I think post-match, Evra said something which um, he basically told a story about when he went around to Henri's house a couple of years ago and um, Henri turned on the telly to watch Arsenal and he saw Granit Xhaka leading the team out uh, as captain and he turned the TV off and, and said, I can't watch Granit Xhaka be captain of my club. And I think that's, you know, that's where we are. It's, it's, it's crazy. I think, yeah, listen, a hundred percent. Um,
0: just to look, this is a really difficult thing because no one as a football fan likes to lose. And obviously that's, that's really bad for the club coming out and hearing that. And I mean, fair play Patrice Evra. And, you know, there were also moments of like, um, where, you know, Freddie Lindbergh apparently told that the Arsenal board, that the players, don't have the right attitude to change under Mikel Arteta, and they will see the same things. Freddie knew, like it's, it's not surprising that things are falling this far when we have let them fall this far with players that have, been, that have been letting the club down since, you know, that fucking Leicester title win. You know, we've still got some of those players in that squad, and we've still got some of the players from the years past that, where you know, in Wenger's thousandth game in charge against. Chelsea, we got smacked like 6-0. This, like, it is a big issue with the club. The, I, don't, I don't need players to be fans. I don't need you to be an Arsenal fan, but I need you to actually care enough that it matters to you because it matters to me. And honestly, I don't think it matters to Granite Xhaka. I don't think it matters to a lot of the players in this club, which is why they need to be sold. Granite Xhaka needs to be sold on January 1st. If he ever, and I mean ever, starts a, another game in an Arsenal shirt, Mikel Arteta should walk, should resign from sheer embarrassment that he has had the gall to play him again after this constant, constant, l- like, letting down of, of this football club. You know, we've just been outclassed by Sean Dyche and Burnley. That embarrasses me. We weren't outclassed. They beat us. Yeah. So we were. they did what they wanted to do. This is the issue. We had this conversation about the Tottenham game. You have not played well if all you have done is let... Is is do what the other team have let you do? Against Spurs, they let us have a lot of the ball so that they could counterattack us. They let us, they brought us up into their half to whip crosses in, and then they counterattacked us twice. Burnley did the same thing. They sat in a deep block, waited for the set pieces, chucked the big guys up, and scored from one of them. We are literally conceding our, we're conceding goals to teams main ta- to, to a team's main tactic. That, that's, that is a, that is a certain level of
1: stupidity. I, I completely agree, but I think it's a separate point to say that we didn't play well. Like, as in, I'm not saying, and this, the difference is between saying we played well and people go, oh, oh, you know, you played well. We can't play well because you lost. You can, you can, you can be, you can be the much better no, team. Of course you can. And lose... But we weren't. We weren't the better team, Alex. But we were the better team. We were on top. We were. We were in possession. We were. We had more chances than them by every metric. By by every
0: Alex, Alex. We had more chances. We had more half chances. More random slices at a ball. This is what I mean by there is no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. And I'm cutting you off again because it is bullshit to say that we they did. Okay, if you look at our main tactic and their main tactic, who did theirs better? Burnley, Burnley. because they defended all of their chances. (laughs) That's not what I'm arguing. No, uh, but we did not play well. If we'd have played well, we would have created more clear-cut opportunities. With the amount of possession that we had, with the amount of crosses that we had, with the amount of opportunities in their box that we had, it is shambolic that we only created an expected goals of 2.06. It's shambolic with the amount of possession, with the amount of chances in their box, with all of these things. We've created barely any, like like in in comparison as in we've generated and and like a barely any of a, of a, of a net expected goals in comparison to the amount of ball opportunities
1: that we had we did not play well tell me a player that played well tonight this is the problem it's not as simple as i mean you just said it yourself like we did we did create chances we created chances in the second half you what i was going to say before before you before you just said that was that we, When you say we played well, we have to qualify that. We did play well. We played at a sort of 6, 7 out of 10, right? The problem was conversion. That's
0: so generous. That's so generous.
1: Brad, go and watch the game. We're completely on top. We have nearly 60... We have 65% possession. We created more chances than them. We created Alex, more...
0: Alex, I'm sorry, but it's not like we've got 60, 60 or 65% possession against the Barcelona that would like to dominate on, the ball. Hang
1: on, Yeah, well, let me finish my point.
0: okay. Okay, finish up.
1: So, we created, we had 65% of possession. We had more chances. We had more shots. We had more moments from open play. Mm-hmm. We had, we were, um, we dominated possession. All, all, of those, all of those stats, which means that we played better than the, the opposition. They they literally no it literally it <laughs> means we dominated well, okay no, so no, how can, no, how can you doesn't. measure a football match it means we match.
0: dominated the statistics it means we dominated the statistics in
1: the sense of exactly um, for for example so we played but, well domin-
0: but no 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 that is such a when false you, comparison when you
1: play like that when you are on top of the other opposition it is objectively true you have by every metric you can measure a football match. You have been on top of them. You create, you've you had more shots, you had more possession, your players have taken more touches, you've been more in their opposition half, all of those things. So by loads of metrics that you can measure a football match, we've been better. The key ones though, the absolute key ones, which would take us over into 9, mm-hmm. 10, um, uh, 9s and 10s, is, which would be excellent, we played excellently, would be goals. And would be assists. And would be things like Burnley and you know breaking down their block. They did very well at their tactic. But to say that Bernie played better than us is bollocks. Okay, he's... Okay. I think it
0: depends on what you're calling played better or played well. That's my point. Dominating statistics and being quote-unquote on top does not mean you played well, especially when the other team's tactic is to allow you to do so. Alex, if we're playing tug-of-war and I let you win by not pulling on the rope, have you therefore played well or have I let you do something? It's a false dichotomy. No, it's not a false dichotomy. It's the same principle in the sense of if I allow you to do something, you doing it does not mean that you've done anything well. It means that I have allowed you to do it. It's the same with the Tottenham game. We were allowed to, it wasn't like Burnley were trying to have 50... To even have like forty-five percent possession, they weren't trying to keep the ball. What they were trying to do was break at pace, and we saw this with Dwight McNeil. We saw this with Chris Wood getting in the box. We saw this several times. Right, that whenever they got the ball, it wasn't a it wasn't like let's let's put some nice strings of passes together and try and, It was a okay. Let's run. We're going to hit them quick, and then if we lose the ball, we retreat quickly, sit in that low box, and we try again. Us doing what we are allowed to do by the opposition is not us playing well, because by 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 comparison of that, of course we're going to have more of the ball. If I stick 11 men in my box because that's my tactic and then I break and I beat you 2-0, I've played better than you because I have outplayed you. Whether or, It's the same as a game of chess. It's the same as a game of ev- anything. Everything in these games of sports are all about tactics. All right. Just because you do something that I allow you to do, that doesn't mean that you've done anything good. It just means you've been baiting into do something.
1: Okay, so how would we have played well then?
0: How would we have played well? If, we if would... you, if
1: you, if you could have come away from this and said, "Oh, I thought we would play really well," how, how, what would you have said? Uh, uh, we would have created more
0: clear-cut opportunities rather than half chances here and there. The Saka chance is a good one, but it's coming quick, and you've got players either side. You've also got. Um, The the random Rob Holding header again, you want that to fall to another player, but another decent chance. We're talking about half chances as good chances. We haven't played well because we haven't broken down their deep block and created like real, like significant opportunities for our strikers or our forward players to score. Because that is our aim. That is our aim in playing a Burnley, is to break them down and to create those opportunities. We
1: did not do that. Okay, but what you were starting to do there when I said played well was was name metrics of football. Like chance created, touches in opposition, opposition half, XG, those things, right? Mm-hmm. We were on top of them in those. Okay, I'm but Alex, suggest- if I
0: take 100 shots, if I take 100 shots and those 100 shots equate to one... Uh, as in just one XG, I have a 1% conversion rate. If you're looking at the amount of possession we had, the amount of shots that we had, the amount of crosses we completed, or even just co- crosses that we put into the box, uh, if we had played well, our XG, and and, the, and obviously the actual scoreline should have been much, much more flattering.
1: That it, yeah. is why we didn't that play well. That, mean, it isn't, that would mean it, that we'd get into the 8s, 9s and 10s and we were playing really no, well. That's basic shit against the Burnley. That
0: is basic shit. Yeah, it is, is to, basic shit. I yeah. agree. We're, so we're, that's not an 8, 9 or a 10. That's not an 8, 9 or a 10. That's like a 5, a 6 or a 7 to do the basic shit against a relegation fodder club. Burnley have been flirting with the drop for years. Years. And we cannot
1: break them but, down. But it's... This I, I is think, what I mean. I think the reason it's I'm... basic. The reason I'm ha- sort of hammering this point is that we won't we won't agree on this. I think we played well. Right, I think oh, we were on top, and that's fine. We can disagree on that. I'm, I'm happy to move on from that. So, I think by every metric you can measure playing well in a game, the important ones we didn't do. We didn't score goals. We didn't cr- take our chances. So those things, those important metrics, we didn't do. And I completely agree. But if you're you can't just remove the rest of it, remove the context. So it could, because 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 then because then you have to. Then you're not sure what the actual how we how we solve this, and that's that's the thing. I think it's really important to look at a solution based thing, and and we have to know where we are to 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 know what the solution is, and and look at what the solutions are, which we should do in a second. You you know me, you know I love a stat like you know a Jehovah loves
0: singing about Jesus on a Sunday. (laughs) But here's the thing: stats are misleading a lot of the time. You have to go with the eye test. How things looked in the game. Sure. How things okay. looked. We did not look good tonight. Yes. No, we <laughs> didn't. I'm not,
1: saying, I'm not saying we looked like. I'm not saying we looked like prime Barcelona. I'm just saying we were on the ball, creating chances, and we were doing all right.
0: Alex, we didn't even look like prime Norwich from last season. <laughs> it's, it's not. We true looked like for Tony. Us.
1: We looked like Tony Pulis level of football. We were in the middle. We did okay. We just didn't take our chances. We didn't. We didn't. Um, it's di- and I know it's difficult in the heat of a match, right, to, to look at things like that. But, but in terms of solutions, let's, let's move on from this because I think we've, we've kind of okay. beaten that dead horse. So the, what's the solutions then? So let's, let's take this to a sort of a, more of a macro conversation. We talked about the game itself. We, we don't agree on how we play and that's absolutely fine. So then how do we move forward from this? You hinted at changing the manager um i'm not sure that's what you were saying but go ahead i don't think no 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 not at all i don't think that changing the manager fixes things
0: because i think that there is almost a level of infection in in the club it's like we've we've had we've we've been cut and that cut is now infected and we almost need to cut off the whole of the limb to save the life and I do not believe that doing, that just sacking Mikel is that. We need to get rid of certain players um, and we need to do it quickly. We needed to do it in the summer. We've said this. Uh, Edu and the Cronkies did not do their job. Whether it was their fault or not, they didn't get rid of the players that they should have and they didn't bring in enough fresh faces to really revitalize the the squad. So that's, I'm not blaming, blaming Arteta 100%. I blame him for the result tonight because we set up tactically naive to let Burnley do what they do. And, you know, it cost us. And I blame him because he keeps picking the same teams. At the end of the day, if I'm a manager of a company and I've got some absolute greb working for me who does jack shit and actually hinders what we're doing and I keep allowing him to do that, there does come a point where it becomes my fault and my responsibility because it is my responsibility to manage. It is my responsibility to sack that absolute drain You know, it's my responsibility to drop that person from the team, which is why Arteta is at fault. He's playing the same tactics that aren't working. He's playing the same players that aren't working. But no, I don't think the... I, I worry for me with Arteta that this job has just come too soon because he just... He doesn't have the squad management skills, doesn't have the player interaction skills he doesn't have the tactical skill. You know, we're looking at, it's what this reminds me of is Ollie. Reminds me of Ollie. Great first six months and has now fallen off a cliff. And now I give Mikel more of kind of the benefit of the doubt than Oli, because Oli has been managing for years. Like whether you think Mulder, whether you think Fucking whoever Crystal Palace, I think, it, or, or was it Swansea? Or he took somebody down. He got somebody relegated. Um, he's been managing for a lot longer. Mikkel's obviously only been managing a year. There's going, there's going. A lot of Mikkel's faults, I think, come from inexperience. But there has to come a point where it is not working. We need to make tough decisions so we do not get fucking relegated. Because if this continues and players' heads drop, because they see that what them... If you're Reese Nelson, if you're following Balogun, and I know I'm going on a bit of a rant and a bit of a tangent, but if you're all of these players, Maitland-Niles, players that, you know, Maitland-Niles was part of the team that won us an FA Cup, and you're not getting into a squad that's getting done by Burnley, what are you thinking to yourself? And how much trust does that put in you for the manager? I think that realistically... Everything rides on January. If we do not get significant investment, we, we, I think we've got two choices. Uh, we either sack Arteta now, let a new manager come in, have January, have the summer to start his rebuild and really commit to that. Or we put everything on red. We give Arteta this January and give him the summer And we say, all we need to do this season is not get relegated, and we'll move forward from there. I don't know which is the better option, because even if you sack Arteta, you're still left with your Granite Jackers, your Willians, all of these players. But at least with a new manager, they might drop these people. One of the things that annoys me about Arteta is that he. I think he's a bit of a know-it-all in that he feels like, no, he knows better to be playing Willian when Willian is doing nothing for him. And it just, that's just the vibe I get. But I, I I don't know, mate. I don't know what you think. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I think there's two options. We either go absolutely fucking balls to the wall, invest a hundred million January and just fucking sack off some players and send them whoever or wherever for freeze. Or we get in a new manager who we think might revitalize us till the summer and then allow him to
1: rebuild. Come then, what do you think? I'm just looking at Arsenal's Emory's last Arsenal lineup, right? And it was, a, it was their last win that em- Emery ever had in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And it was Leno, it was Chambers, it was Sokratis, it was David Louise and Klasnach, it was Xhaka. It was Pepe, it was Ceballos, it was Saka, it was Abamyang, And uh, Guendouzia, I'm not sure I mentioned him. Um, we also brought on Martinelli, Willock and Torreira. And Holding, TNE, Maitland-Niles, Martinez. I think that's it, we're on the bench. That is a very similar side. And a very similar mm. ta- level of talent to the players that we had out there today. Oh, I don't know, because we've obviously gotten rid of some of them. We have, no, 100%. But in terms of you're bringing in Rob Holding for Socrates, similar oh, level. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But if we're talking in... about. Our, our issue is the midfield, though, mate. Like, but That's going to be. What I'm saying That's where is, the conversation needs to be had. What I'm saying is, I think the. We, we, let's talk about it in sort of short, medium, and long term priority. Okay. I think short term, I would not sack Arteta. Mm-hmm. I think he, we've been looking, we've, 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 as a club, we've not given someone the amount of time that they need and the amount of windows that they need and the amount of, um, the amount of, uh, backing that they need yet to fully judge them and fully give mm-hmm. them the time. I think medium term, if it's looking really awful for Arteta, um, I'd sack him. I think maybe end of the season. If it's you know if we're if, you know, if we're absolutely you know se- if we're in the same position, let's say if we're fifteenth, sixteenth the end of the season, I think Arteta should probably bow out, and an, a, a similar style of coach with a with more experience should Better come in resume. under the same regime um, and mm-hmm. just and kind of and kind of steady the ship. Long term, I hope Arteta works out. The players, however, short term, I think we need a lot of investment. I think we need a lot of squad turnover. I think we need a lot of um, change and change that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Short term, long term, medium term. With the board, we need to keep that the same. Keep it the same. Just keep, and I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying, I th- I think actually w- what we've seen recently and and in the last sort of 15 years since the sort of eras of your 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 you know your your five, ten, fifteen years in charge kind of mm-hmm. managers that those sort of managers that the the Fergusons, the Wenger's, the the whoever's, the even Eddie Howe's. What we're seeing is, well, that's more of a modern example. Forget that. What we're seeing is 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 clubs are looking have much more and more and more as a trend in the Premier League. I'd love to have the stats to back this up, but I'm sure this is true. It's anecdotal, but I'm sure it's true. The um, average tenure for an for a manager has massively decreased. So yeah, hundred. No, it it like it yeah, actually statistically sure. has. So you look at the the fortunes of what it's it worked in some cases, not worked in others. At big clubs, I would say. More than it hasn't it more sorry, more than it has, it hasn't worked out to chop and change the manager. Let's look at Man United, let's look at um the stability Spurs had under Pochettino, let's look at Liverpool before the stability they had under Klopp. I think more okay. than it ha- more than it uh, has worked out, it hasn't worked out to constantly change the manager. Can I jump in? Just Go quickly. On. on that, I don't know if that's c-
0: true because we're picking, there's obviously specific cases that we can pick when it comes to that. We can look at Man United in the post-Ferguson era and the fact that they've chopped and changed managers when realistically the thing that they need to change is their owners and the thing that they need to change is, or or kind of in a more, in a a lower level, they need to get Ed Woodward out of the club. And until they do those things, no manager is going to succeed. So Of course, changing their manager without changing other things isn't going to change the fortunes of that club. But in other kind of areas, you look at Chelsea. Chelsea are famous for sacking their manager, bringing in a new one. But they win a Premier League once every four or five years. They've won the Champions League. They beat us 4 1 in the Europa League final. If you're talking about the kind of 2000s to 20 to, to today, they're one of the most successful clubs in England. Spurs, at the moment, they've had a lot of stability in Pochettino. And while I do think that the Jose Mourinho circus is going to come crashing down, they look like they're on course for their best ever chance at winning a trophy this season. Uh, Liverpool have had a mixture of kind of having stability for four to five years and then bringing in a new coach. You think Brendan Rodgers almost won them a title with Suarez, Sturridge and Sterling and then obviously got the sack and they've brought in Klopp. You think of City. City in the last decade or 15 years have chopped and changed managers, but they've had, what, three or four Premier League titles. They're going to Champions League quarterfinals, semifinals at some points. I think they got two. I don't really know. Like, I think I'd say that it's worked out as much as it hasn't, but the reason that it hasn't worked out hasn't been because you're changing manager and is because of the structure above. I think it's the structure above that hampers these clubs. Man United have got enough money and have got enough talent to be winning serious trophies. But the issue is, is the person running the transfers is a fucking idiot and they've got a PE teacher for a coach currently. So I think it's, it's, again, it's a bit of a I don't think that's entirely true and I'd love to know statistically, but I don't know how we would measure it statistically as to whether yeah, it's true. I think,
1: I think for me, anecdotally, what I was going to say was, if we're looking at the clubs who are successful now and have been successful recently, they've all had 10 years. So for example, let's, let's say Tottenham's most successful period recently was under Pochettino and Stability. Liverpool's most successful period let's say in the last 15 years is under stability under Klopp. Let's say City's most successful period in the last 15 years is probably Guardiola stability under Guardiola. Let's say um I don't know. You know, and obviously you can pick Chelsea or uh, Wolves for example. Wolves have massively run through risen through the leagues because they've stuck with Nuno, they've stuck with a, a really consistent thing. I'm not saying it always works out, but what I am saying is I th- in my personal opinion, I think it often works out more than it doesn't. That because well, yeah, you, you when get you, to
0: imprint a style of play, and exactly. you will never, ha-
1: yeah. So, and I agree. I agree. There's there's questions to be answered above, but in terms of what, where we should go, what we should do from here, I just think, I think if we, I think it would be a bit of a knee jerk reaction to Saka Arteta at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I would through my teeth with. With the well through gritted teeth, I would accept a to be honest a eighth ninth position this season to know that in next season and beyond consistently will be challenging. I would not, for example, get a manager now to take us if I if I had two options and I had you can get fourth this season or third this season and then it's kind of going to be the same same as for the next five years. Or you can have a bit of a shit season this season, and then be stable for the next sort of four or five years under a coach. I would one hundred percent take that. And I think that's, from my perspective, obviously it's a game of opinions. From my perspective, I think that's what if we stick by Arteta and we back him. That's the two conditions. Of course, I think and I agree with you. and and if we and if we it's, well, it's loads of things actually. And if we get the right players out and in, and if we are stable and keep the same executive structure, mm-hmm. I think. More than it won't. It's more likely, in my opinion, to succeed. I'd agree and with we you. We can look at we we'll look we can look at cultures around. Chelsea have a very different style of style of management, and that's fine. And and I think it gives mm-hmm. them success sometimes and less success at other times. But if we're looking at teams who have been consistent and consistently successful. I think, or in periods, or in, in bursts, as this as this new kind of era of management has come in, mm-hmm. I think teams who tend to give their their coaches a bit more time, the Klops, the Pochettino's, the not the Guardiola needed to prove himself, but the the, the City, you know, whatever. Well, Sa- Yeah, he didn't win
0: anything his first season, like
1: exactly. And and you look at like Southampton last season. You know, they they were losing nine nil to Leicester, and now they're fourth.
0: They were in the relegation zone. So like, you know, it's 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 really. Difficult. I
1: do agree with you on that. Yeah, I I. Yeah. I I just in terms of the very, very short term, what we're seeing on Wednesday against Southampton, we need to see personnel change. Mm-hmm. I mean, we will, because Bellerin and um Xhaka are both suspended, and to be honest, I think that's the best thing for them. Um but the I think we need to see a real shift. And why wouldn't why wouldn't you? And and this is the thing. I think I often because <laughs> I think because often sometimes on this You're more sort of hard line on Arteta in terms of in terms of the criticism. I don't necessarily always express my criticism. I really, I'm really not liking it. I I think he's really stubborn at the moment. I think he is trying to stick to a a plan and an identity that the team isn't ready for. I think he's thrown away the things that were were working for him and and not rely and, and relied on players that are consistently letting him down. I agree. However, to take the longer form view of things, we we do need to be careful um, that we don't just end up being because we're not Chelsea. We can't, for example, we can't just keep hiring and firing managers and just give and give them a hundred million every summer. We can't. We can't do that. So we have to be consistent. And if we're gonna and if we're gonna be consistent with someone, I think Arteta is the person. But oh no no no, I understand why you're not thinking that.
0: I, I I 100% agree. I think, but I think. My issue with is it all comes with the caveats, doesn't it? Of If we get the right players in, if the board back him enough, if this, if that. I think Arteta, we've seen from what he showed us last season, that with a ramshackled squad, he put together a tactic that worked, that allowed us to break down teams and that won a silverware that got us back into Europe. My main criticism of Arteta at the moment is that he's stubborn and he's not trying new things. He's a new coach. He's going to learn on the job. The issue is, is we just currently don't have a squad good enough to allow him to do that. We don't have a squad that's going to cover his deficiencies in that. So it's, it does become a difficult question. And I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that, you know, I think if we stick with him and we give him money and we give him the opportunity, we, we don't know what an Arteta team looks like, you know, if we talk about, you know, as much as we mention, you know, the stability under Klopp or the stability under Guardiola, or the stability under whoever, that's because they've bought a whole new team. I hate also like anyone who like, obviously I understand the idea of all spend versus net spend, but fuck off with your net spend bollocks. If you've bought the most expensive, the second most expensive centre-back in the world, the second most expensive goalkeeper in the world, if you've got 45 million pound sign, if you've got like three 45 million pound sign-ins in your midfield, you've got 50 million in Salah up front, even though he's worth 100 million now or whatever, and you've got 40 million Mane on the left, you've you've got an expensive squad, you know? You've got a team worth of, a, a team of players worth, A shitload of money. You've spent a shitload of money. Like fucking Guardiola spent 400 million on fullbacks since he's been in the country, for Christ's sake. So I think it's it's a very different story. And this is what worries me is that Klopp has been able to sell that entire team and rebuild it from the bottom up. Do we really think Arteta is going to be given that opportunity at Arsenal? Is he going well, to have with, that kind not of investment?
1: With this form, not with this form, and not with the things that he is. The miss. It's so so difficult to know what to believe, where to apportion blame, where mm-hmm. to where to what what to believe. Essentially, the Ozil situation. Where's that coming from? The Guedouzi situation. Is that a is that a, a strong move from the club, and it's a change of culture, or is it a stupid mismanagement of an asset? the saliba decision is it a personal thing and saliba doesn't it's um, um immaturity from saliba to make that comment or is it arteta mismanaging an asset and he's 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 uh, being too stubborn like how you know ultimately results sort of decide how people view those things there's been something that's come out this evening about from football london uh, saying football london understands that arteta's relationship with david louise has soured over the past few weeks with neither the manager or the player speaking directly to each other anymore it's understood that arteta told his squad in an internal meeting at london colney that he will destroy whoever is behind the leaks supposedly also the players were not very happy about the way he spoke to um pepe on the uh well about pepe sorry on on in on the tv but then the problem is that comes from uh that comes from one one person a, a journalist who's being briefed by someone who knows and then in the media literally we, uh, you know, that you know, you'll, you'll look at a tweet or you see a um, a bit of news, and then the next thing is Kieran Tierney coming out saying we have we've got a great manager, better, and saying let's back the manager. Aubameyang saying well, we've got to take more responsibility. You know, um, things have been great around the training ground, so it's who knows what to believe. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we can we as fans can only see what's happening on the pitch. I think the players care. I don't buy that they they have mentally clocked out as this as this thing because I'm watching them and I, I think actually Aubameyang looks more interested this week than ever. Um, or, you know, senior players look more interested and more like they want to win the game. El- th- think of how much Elneny was constantly trying to get the ball rolling. You know, these players are, I don't I think these players are untalented, and I think Jacob Bellerin holding and Lacazette gotta go. But in terms of their desire and whether they're backing the manager, mm-hmm. I think I feel like they are from the eye test. I mean, I don't know, do I? I'm not at London Colney every day. But you can't. I think the problem is, is we, we as Arsenal fans are primed almost to, 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 to lean into the negativity um, a little bit. And I think it's, it's understandable and I know why, but it's also really difficult to know what to believe because there's so much conflicting information. Mm -hmm. We've got one question just to finish us off. Uh, And it is from, I think your friend at uh, (laughs) GB, who is at flexoffender96. Hello, George. He says, realistically, where do you think Arsenal will finish at the end of the season? Anywhere from eighth to 16th. <laughs> when,
0: and look, oh, I think one thing, to, one thing to say as well is at the moment, we're in the same kind of like uh, points position and like games played as Man United were last season. They finished in the top four. Like, I'm not saying we're going to do that because you know, Man United went out and they spent 60 million on Bruno Fernandes in January and he absolutely changed the fortune of their club and they were very lucky to get into the top four Bruno Fernandes. They had shitloads of penalties given for them that weren't fucking penalties. But, we, yeah, we're going to finish anywhere between 8th and 16th. If we don't get relegated, it's a good season. You know, I just don't, I don't want us to turn into another Sunderland. My dad's a Sunderland supporter and, you know, a once big, great club who were winning FA Cups got double relegated, you know, because of the culture that they had around the club at the time and the players that they had in the club at the time. I've just looked at our fixture list. The first uh, fixture that Granite Xhaka is available for after a three match suspension is for Brighton on the 29th of December. And then our next game is on the 2nd of January. He should be sold without playing that Brighton game before the West Brom game. And so should any player who carries on this mentality. This is what is going to fuck us. Yeah. Yeah. And it is just going to be a situation where we've just got to hope for the best and throw money at it in January. You know, we, we need to sign like four players. And we need to sell like seven in January on free transfers. Send Sokratis to Napoli on a free. Send Mustafi to Barcelona on a free. Send Xhaka to Levante for like two million pounds. At the end of the day, whatever, whatever is whatever, get them out of the club, get them off the wage bill and get them out of the squad registration slots so we can start the rebuild. And that will be what will allow us to finish eighth rather than having us finish 16th
1: mate it's pretty, it's pretty bleak it's fucking bleak isn't it let's try and this has been a fraught episode to say the least let's try yeah. and let's try and put a, a cheer it up a, bit. a positive spin on this what's good what's good about the team at the moment what can we what can we take away what can we feel encouraged by
0: there are solid young foundations to build a good squad you're talking okay we all know that Saka we, was our best player tonight. We yeah, 100%. We all know we need a new goalkeeper if we want to play this playing out from the back style of play and I do think that the sale of Martinez is probably one of the things that's really really hampered us this season. And our t- Martinez in an Arsenal shirt, I think the squad looks completely different. I was looking at uh, I was re-watching um before the game actually. Just some highlights because uh, of like our our game against Man City in the semi final, and our game against Chelsea in the final and our last few games of the season. And a lot of what we did good came from that system of having the three at the back, but being able to pass it around those players. The issue is, is we just don't have the confidence at the moment to do that because we've got a goalkeeper who can't really use his feet. But if you're talking, you know, Gabriel, 22 years old, phenomenal player, Tierney. 23 years old. Phenomenal player. Party. 26, 27 years old. Phenomenal player. Um, Saka, 19 years old. Martinelli, 18 years old. Reece Nelson, 20 years old. Uh, Maitland-Niles, like 21 years old. We've got such a good, impressive core of this squad. We just need to get them. And I tweeted this out, I think during the match. Last night, if you changed four players in a, in that squad, we play so much better. If you change Bellerin for Cedric or Maitland-Niles, if you change Xhaka for Party, if you change, uh, I think, who else did I say? If you change Lacazette for somebody, um, like either Yang through the middle and then Saka out on the left or whatever, or even this guy from Wolfsburg um, that I mentioned last episode. And if you change... Um, who else was it? that was, and if you change william for pepe or nelson and then again if we're going five players if you change leno for martinez we play so much better and that is a really
1: really strong squad we just need to make those changes mm. mate i honestly like three signings three signings in some good form and we genuinely we could i feel like we could beat anyone yeah th- if if you, if you if you if you for example if let's say we had I mean, this is the problem. Is we're in te- we're in terrible form. But let's say we had you know Maitland Niles, Tierney, Gabriel, new centre back, a new partner for party, and Pepe in good form, Aubameyang in good form, and a good number ten or a creative midfielder. Mm-hmm. That's a really good sign. So Really, this is the problem. Individu-
0: individually, I actually don't think we're bad. No, we're not. And this this is what I meant when I said up earlier about you know other players or sorry, other managers.
1: Being able almost to get more out of this squad yeah but we just got to stick behind it it's so, oh, it's so hard it's it's like our fucking
0: moment in twenty seven hours you know or one hundred and twenty seven hours that film where he has to cut his fucking arm off I bet like fifty percent of the way through spoiler. cut spoiler about like fifty percent of the way through cutting his arm off the guy was like oh do you know what it hurts too much I'd rather just sit here and die but he cut his fucking arm off. We're halfway through cutting our <laughs> arm off. We've just got to get through it.
1: You're all about limbs and cutting things off at the Man, moment. Fuck aren't you? me. That's a very good metaphor. That is a that is a very good metaphor.
0: I'm sorry. I, I, I also I would like to, I would like to also apologise because I was um, I don't think I was the most polite to you during uh, the beginning moments. <laughs> it's totally and, fine. Um, the thing is, Listen. is I do understand what you mean and. After thinking and looking at stats,
1: I understand and I do agree that obviously we dominated. But Listen, it's hard to take, it's hard to take the fact, it's hard to say yeah. we played well after we lose against Burnley with 15th. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's not I completely get it, mate. And don't but worry. No, I'm, I do. Like, I, it's I, not about that. Yeah. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's yeah, listen, we're all frustrated. We're all we're all in a in a bad place with the club. Mm. <laughs> I just had one of those moments earlier where I was like. Why do we do this? Yeah, <laughs> I was watching the game. I was like, "Why am I doing this? This is how I choose to spend uh, my Sunday night." Yeah, and then what I'm going to do is edit this podcast and spend a whole evening because of Arsenal Football Club and Granite Xhaka is still in that team. <sighs> beg's playing belief. the way he played begs belief. Beggars belief, mate. All right. Um, All right. Got any good jokes to see us off? Um, oh. A good, a
0: good joke that isn't Arsenal Football Club. Go on. Um, why did the Mexican man push his wife off a cliff?
1: Tequila. Tequila. What's the best thing about Switzerland? <laughs> what? Granite Xhaka's from there. No, I don't know. But the flag is a big plus. <laughs> Hey! Finally, also, did you see that image of that guy with his uh, mask around his face? Oh, mate! What a legend! So funny! <laughs> Fucking legend! Uh, all right, yeah. So someone put the most creativity at Arsenal this evening. <laughs> Fuck me! All right, Brad. Listen, right, we're at, we're at Southampton on Wednesday. Um, I'm Three cutting short needed. my family day out to come and watch that. So, Oof. um. Listen, it better be good. I, I just want to see changes. I just want to see something different. Yeah. Uh, but we'll They're have to wait and see. Fourth.
0: They're fourth.
1: Yeah. We're at home though. So, oh, wait, no. Um, yeah. Listen, I just hope we'll see something. I hope we'll see Maitland-Niles, Nelson, anything. I'd take anything at this point. I'd have Mertesacker like me. back. see Mertesacker in the stands? playing On his football. laptop. Yeah. On his, Pl- no, it was, it was on his phone. I, t- I said he's probably like selling Xhaka on Football Manager. Just amazing yeah, quick selling Granit Xhaka's yeah. <laughs> uh, ultimate team card on like the fucking FIFA just, companion app. Just buying them and just buying them in, in bulk and selling them.
0: Yeah, just like fucking buy now, buy now, quick sell, quick sell, quick sell.
1: <laughs> I like that our tagline, I've changed our tagline, by the way, we're now a lighter look at Arsenal. And I like that our tagline and then this whole episode was like probably the most depressing, depressing episode ever put out. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like we, it when mum and dad fight. We always bring it around with the positives, don't we, mate? Always do, darling. It's always a pleasure. Always. always. Right. Um, never a chore. Never a chore. Listen, Even thanks. when Arsenal make it one. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. We'll see you on Wednesday slash Thursday morning. Um, have a good week. See you in a bit. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you're new to the pod and did enjoy that, there's a new podcast after every game. Please hit the subscribe button. Also, check us out on Twitter at diffnock and support us on Patreon.com forward slash DiffKnock. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.